Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to the King's House Podcast. We're a non-denominational church located in McAllister, Oklahoma, reaching and serving those in our community and around the world. We believe that church is not something you go to, but a family you belong to. And a house is just a house until the family's there. Then the house becomes a home. So today we want to say, welcome home, as we jump into today's service. Top of the morning, King's House. How are we doing this morning? Wonderful to see you all. Wonderful to have you here. Hey, of all the places you could be this morning and of all the things you could be doing, I am so blessed and honored that you are here at the King's House this morning. Come on, somebody. And I am just praying and believing that God is going to move in your life in an incredible way. It is my goal every single Sunday morning to make this hour in 15 minutes... This, the most exciting, the most encouraging, the most fulfilling hour and 15 minutes of your week. Man, I believe in God to do something in your life. I want to give a shout out this morning to everyone who's been helping on Wednesday nights with the uh, Love Just Because projects. Yeah. And uh, we have several more projects coming up, but man, it's just, it's been so incredible. Uh, I was gone this past Wednesday doing some work out of town, but I was here two Wednesdays ago and uh, got the opportunity to serve with a group of people. We were cutting brush and uh, I got up on top of this roof and this roof was just piled full of needles. And for like an hour, I slaved with a shovel and I got it. And then at the very end, Michael McNutt, Brandon Battles, they run up there like, hey, take a picture of me after all the work's done. Like, actually... That was backwards. They did all the work. And then I jumped up there and I said, somebody take a picture of me really quick because that's what real ministry looks like. But I was, uh, like I said, I was out of town this Wednesday, uh, but I, I did see on Facebook all the incredible work that you guys were doing. And I'm going to be honest with you, King's House, it made me so proud to, uh, to say, like, man, that's the church that I serve at. And that's the people that I get to link arms with. It really it makes me so proud. And maybe uh, many of you can identify, but there's definitely been times in my life where uh, somebody asked me, where do you go to church? Or, or where are you serving currently, Mark? And it's one of those, like, <clears throat> uh, Man, it's going to rain later today, isn't it? Boy, it's cla- There's been times in my life where I've just been ashamed to, to say where I go to church or who I serve. But that is absolutely not the case today, King's House. I serve with the most amazing, the most compassionate, the most loving, the most generous people on planet Earth. It's an honor to, uh, to serve alongside you guys this morning. It really is, man. No place I would rather be today. Uh, today we are on part three of this series called Be the Answer. And last week we were so blessed to have have Pastor Frankie Powell with us, who is one of the most incredible leaders and one of the most incredible communicators of the gospel that I've ever been around. I mean, he is just such a blessing to this church. Aren't you thankful for him, King's House? Man, every time he comes, I'm just so blessed. And I want to share three scriptures with you this morning before we really dive in. I want to start with a very familiar passage out of Mark 16, 15. I'm sure you're all familiar with it. This was, Jesus had had died, had resurrected, had hung around for 40 days, and he's about to ascend to heaven, and this is his last great command to all the followers who were gathered there that day. Obviously, if it's the last thing you're going to tell your followers, this is massively important. And he said to them, as you go into all the world, 
preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel to the entire human race. I want you to leave that scripture up there for just a second, fellas. I think it's so easy to fall into the mindset that one of these days I'm going to communicate the gospel and I'm going to go to the mountains of Africa and it's going to be so amazing when I communicate the gospel. Or one of these days I'm going to go to the, the jungles of South America and man, and there I'm going to communicate the gospel and God's going to do incredible things and God's going to use me in a powerful way. But friends, for the vast majority of us in this room, you're not going to preach in the mountains of Africa. You're not going to preach in the jungles of South America, but God still wants to use you today. That's why I love how this scripture is worded. It says, as you go along your daily life, as you go to work, as you go to school, as you go to the grocery store, as you go to baseball practice or basketball practice, or so, as you go about life, preach openly the wonderful news of the gospel. Friends, I don't know if you realize this morning, sometimes it seems like we as Christians forget, but the gospel is really stinking wonderful news. Are you awake this morning, King's House? The gospel is called the good news for a reason. Do you know why it's called the good news? It's good news. Yeah, not a trick question. Everyone's like, oh, I'm scared to answer. It's going to, no, it's called good news because it's really good news. I don't know if you know it this morning, but God loves you in an unconditional kind of way. A love that you can't earn, a love that you most certainly don't deserve, and a love that you cannot change. Man, he loves you with that kind of love. Maybe I'm the only one here this morning, but I am sure enough thankful for that love in my life, King South. I don't know if you're aware this morning, man, but it doesn't matter how dark the situation seems. There is hope when Jesus gets involved in the situation. In the darkest night, he can shine the brightest light. The gospel is good news. Man, he is still doing miracles. He is still healing hearts, healing marriages, healing families. He's still healing bodies. He's still doing miracles today, King's House. Woo! And just to top it all off, I don't have to burn in hell for all of eternity. I don't need any other reason to be excited this morning, man. If, if it's anything like an Oklahoma summer humid day, dear God, if hell's that hot, I don't want to go, people. I'm spending eternity in heaven. That's some good news. And for some reason, we get so ashamed to say what God's done in our lives and how he's healed us and, and how he's forgiven us and give us a hope and a future. But as we go everywhere, preach openly the wonderful news to the entire human race. Everybody needs to hear this incredible gospel. I don't know if you're aware today, but our instructions are very clear in Scripture we are all called to be communicators of the gospel. Each and every person in this room is called to be an evangelist for Jesus. You may not be part of the five-fold ministry call. You may never stand on stages. You may never travel the world. But every person in this room is called to tell somebody about Jesus. People come to me all the time, Pastor Mark, I just don't know what God's called me to do. So in the meantime, I'm just going to sit over here and do nothing and complain. And even though I'm doing nothing, I'm going to tell you everything that you're doing wrong. 
nobody in this church. No, but the other church that I used to go to, not this church. Listen, you are called to preach the gospel. You are called to share this wonderful news to every creature on earth. You don't, I don't know what I'm called to do, Pastor Mark. Yes, you do. Communicate the gospel. Tell somebody about Jesus. His instructions are so clear. His heart, his will is so clear for us. In 2 Peter, he lays it out for us beautifully. Look at this verse. This means that contrary to man's perspective, the Lord is not late with his promise to return. How many of you in this room know that Jesus is coming back? He is. He's alive. He's coming back. It's, it doesn't, he's not late with his promise to return as some measure lateness, but rather his delay simply reveals his loving patience toward you because he does not want any to perish, but all, look at your neighbor and say all. But all to come to repentance. This is the heart of God. He wants all to come to repentance. One of the most uh, challenging verses for me in Scripture is found in Romans chapter 10. I hope it challenges every person in this room. It starts off with Paul writing some incredibly good news to the church in Rome, but then he asks three questions. Here's the great news. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Friends, that's some good news this morning. Would you agree with that? Everyone, man, it doesn't matter if you're black or you're white or you're rich or you're poor or you're social. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Great news. But here's the three questions that Paul asks, and they're just relevant questions we need to ask ourselves today. Number one, but how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? It's a rational question. You can't call on somebody to save you if you don't even believe in them. Question number two, how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? You do realize it's impossible for somebody to call out to Jesus to save them if they don't know who Jesus is. Are you with me? You tracking along this morning? And the third question Paul asks is, how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? Now, I'm talking to every person in this room this morning. That someone that that passage is talking about is you. That's you this morning. You are called to be the answer. Somebody is praying. Somebody is in need of hope. Somebody is in need of truth, of light, of life. Friend, you are called to be the answer. You are that someone. Not Pastor Mark's going to do it, Pastor Blake, Pastor Chris. No, friend, you are called to be that someone. You are the hands and feet of Jesus. You are the church. You are the answer. And all God's people said. The title of my message this morning is Catch Every Fish. Catch every, we are called to be fishers of men. And we are called to catch every single fish. That is our purpose in life, to catch every, imagine you had 10 kids. That's a nightmare. <laughs> Jesus, help me. But imagine you had 10. If you, someone in this room has 10 kids, I apologize. I'm sure it's wonderful. <laughs> and imagine you take all, you load up in your 15-passenger van because you have to have one of those because you got 10 kids. And imagine you go to Chaddock Park. 
And imagine these kids are just running. There's 10 of them. Uh, they're running around Chattuck Park. They're playing. They're having a great time. You stay for a few hours. It's time to load back up in your 15-passenger van. Problem is there's only nine kids. Where's the little Johnny? Right? And now imagine that the parents' response is, ah, little Johnny, that rascal. We still got nine. Come on, kids, load up. Who's ready to go to McDonald's? Little Johnny's about to learn some hard lessons. He should have listened. He's going to graduate from the school of hard knocks. Uh, no, of course not. If you had 10 kids, 20 kids, 30 kids, you want to save every single kid. That's the heart of God. That is our purpose. It's his will that none should perish. None. He wants to catch every single fish. That is his heartbeat for humanity. Now, if you're going to catch every single fish, that's a tall order. And you've got to have a big skill set and you've got to have a lot of different kinds of gear because there's lots of different kinds of fish. Are you with me? I, I brought some gear this morning. i got extensive fishing gear. Now, this is just a regular open face reel. It's normal sized. Uh, if I'm going to go to a farm pond and I'm going to catch bass or I'm going to go to the lake and I'm going to catch sand bass or I can catch several kinds of catfish. I mean, it's just kind of an all-around good reel. Just It will backlash on you, which it looks like my son probably threw it recently because it has a massive bird's nest. But this is just an all-around great pole to have. But it's definitely not a one-stop shot by any stretch of the imagination. All sorts of things. Here's my trout pole. Now, the trout pole, the rod is super sensitive and super, oh, gosh. Don't hook yourself, Mark. <laughs> Are there any doctors in the room? Because even though trout can get to three, four, five pounds, when they bite, they just boop, 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 boop. Nibble, 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 nibble. They don't. So you got to have this really sensitive tip to your rod. But it has to be big enough because they, they usually are, are near the rocks or near the brush. And they live in rivers where there's always a current. So you got to have a big enough rod to get them up out of there. But sensitive enough to where you can still feel the little boop, boop, boop. Look at your neighbor and say boop, boop, boop. This is what I'm talking about right here. This is the passion of the fast snake. Every summer we go to the river. It's legal to shoot carp and gar with this bow fishing rig. Sandwich, hold that up for me real quick. He's like, okay. That's trusting an old youth pastor right there. It's so hard to get a hook in the mouth of a gar. They got all these teeth and their, and their mouths are like bone. And they'll take your bait all around, but when you set the hook, you miss them. I mean, like 90% of the time. So hard to catch a gar on the, but gar come up and breathe air. So if you wait in the hole where you know gars are and you stay ready, when they come up, you shoot them. You reel them in. That's how you catch gar, man. I mean, this is a great way, a great solution. Now, if you're going to go below uh, you fall a dam, you can't just have any little normal fishing pole. I mean, baby, you got to bring out the big guns. You got to cast a long ways. And when they're generating water, I mean, that, that current is whipping. You got to have a huge weight, and you're not fishing for no little wussy fish below the dam. Come on, somebody. I mean, you're down there to catch big fish. So you got to have a big old surf rod to catch big fish. But we're trying to catch every single fish. 
And last but not least, we'll name this poll Evan. I love you, sandwich. This is a little dock pole. And it's made to fish on docks because you can't set the hook because you're going to hit the roof. And it's also a great perch pole because, man, you can get all up in the creeks and all up in the brush. You can get this little dude anywhere. Put a bobber on it, put a hook and a worm, flip it out there, perch all day, baby. I mean, this is a great pole. And it really is irrelevant, the size of the fishing pole. They all serve a very unique and specific purpose. You can't take this big freaking dude up creek and crawling through trees. and This is not a perch pole. You know what I'm saying? But if you took this dude below you fall a dam when they're generating water, it's going to get snapped in half like 10 seconds later. The size of the reel, irrelevant. The size of the pole, irrelevant. We're trying to catch every single fish. That's the goal. How we do that, who catches them, how irrelevant. Every single, now imagine that. This is just a small sample size. If we were going to go to the ocean and catch halibut and marlin and swordfish, and we're going to need even reels even bigger. We can need harpoons for whales. I mean, there's so much gear that we would have to have. But it's our goal, it's our objective to catch every single fish. The problem becomes when these poles decide that they want to start comparing themselves to each other. The fastest way to ruin anything special is to compare it to something else. The fastest way. Again, if this little guy, like, he's looking over at Envy at that, I just want to go blow the dam. <laughs> I just want to be a dam pole. <laughs> Had to do it. Sorry. <laughs> I just want to cast some dam bait. <laughs> You keep coming back every Sunday. It's your fault that I'm still standing here. <laughs> when this pole decides that he'd rather be that pole, that's when it doesn't work anymore. That's when you have a massive problem. When you decide that I would rather do what this person's doing. I would rather be doing what this person's doing. That's when the situation comes. That's why, that's why God created the body of Christ like he did, anytime you get a group of men together, there's going to be competition. There's going to be some kind of competitive nature because we're men. That's part of our masculinity. And no, it's not toxic. That's how God made us. <laughs> but I love looking at the disciples. Even in those 12 disciples, there was competition between those dudes. It was a group of guys hanging out. And there was some, some competitive nature between these guys. In John chapter 19, don't go there yet. John's writing the book of John, and John does an incredible job of laying out how Peter failed God all three times. I mean, he goes into great detail about Peter's failure. John also happened to mention Peter failed, betrayed Jesus three times. I was at the cross. I don't know where them other dudes were, but I was at the cross. Jesus even talked to me from the cross. He even looked at his mother and said, mother, this is your son. Son, this is, I mean, you know, I don't know what Peter was doing, but I was at the cross while Peter was betraying Jesus. Look at this in, in John chapter 20. Jesus has been crucified. He's been buried. Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb. 
uh, she, she sees that the stone is rolled away. We put that verse up there for me, sir, John 20. She goes back and tells the disciples. So Peter and the other disciple started for the tomb. The disciple Jesus loved, John, who's writing about himself. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. I'm so thankful that John told us this. This is crucial to the story. I mean, what would the resurrection even be if we didn't know that John was faster than Peter? Critical information. I mean, conquered death, hell, and the grave. Angel comes down, rolls it. I mean, that, the real story is, is John's faster than Peter. Very helpful. If we're in heaven and we have like heaven Olympics or some kind of field day, if Jesus makes me team captain, I'm picking John. He's faster. <laughs> Crucial information. How ridiculous. We don't need to know who's faster in the story. Jesus is, is, is resurrected. He spends 40 days making appearances. One day he's on the beach while the disciples are fishing. Peter realizes it's Jesus. He jumps out of the boat. He swims towards Jesus. It's their first real conversation since Peter betrayed him. Kind of a tough, awkward talk, I can imagine. Jesus is asking him, Peter, do you, do you really love me? Do you, do you love me? And look where this conversation goes with Peter. John 21, verse 21. I tell you the truth, this is Jesus talking to Peter. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself, and you went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. Then Jesus told him, follow me. Peter turned around and saw behind them the disciple Jesus loved. John wrote writing about himself. Upon seeing the disciple Jesus loved behind him, Peter asked Jesus, what about this guy? What about him, Lord? I mean, you're telling me I'm about to, I'm going to go where I don't want to go and do what I don't want to do, and apparently I'm going to be crucified. Yeah, but what about John? What's going to happen to him? Jesus replied, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? As for you, Peter, follow me. And that's the word that is for each and every person here this morning. As for you, get busy following after Jesus. Who cares about what John's going to do if he stays alive until I return? Peter, how does that affect your life? Stop comparing yourself to John. Stop asking yourself about, is John being blessed? Is John? It's irrelevant, Peter. You have fish. They're only you can catch. There's people that only you can reach, King's House. I'm talking to every single one of you. People that only you can reach. You will be the only Jesus that some people ever see. Stop worrying about what's happening with Curtis or what's happening with Cindy or what's happening with Bill. Who cares? Get busy. Follow. Well, they just seem more blessed than me. Maybe there's someone more see than you, bro. You ever think about that? Oh, sorry. This isn't a... Well, it just seems like Pastor Mark, God just uses him in there. Who cares? Our goal is to catch every single fish. If you only catch one little minnow, then the job could have never been completed without you. 
The person with the little cane pole catching two or three minnows has the exact same assignment as the guy sitting on the charter boat reeling in tuna. It's, the, it's our job to catch every single fish. How we get there is irrelevant. King's House, you are the answer to somebody's prayer. God has placed you in your job, in your family, on your ball team for a reason. Be the answer to somebody. Stop worrying about what's going wrong. Stop comparing yourself to other people. Be the best you that you can be, and God will do incredible things with your life. Why is this so important? Because I'm 37 years old. I know that's shocking to you. I look 25, and I'm charming, and I'm handsome. And I'm, but I'm 37. I feel like 77 most days. Pastoring you people is not easy. Do you know that in 37 years, there hasn't been one single human being ever tell me about Jesus outside of being in a church service? I'm 37 years old. I've traveled all around the world dozens of times. I mean, I've been everywhere, man. And there hasn't been one single person ever come up and say, hey, man, I don't know if you know this, but, man, Jesus loves you. He died for you. I don't know what's going on in your life, but there's nothing so broken that Jesus can't fix. I've ne not once. Never had one person invite me to church. I'm 37. I've lived in the Bible Belt of America my whole life. And if I wasn't born in a Christian family who took me to church and taught me to serve God, then I would be lost as a goose dying and going to hell. How many other Mark Hinnons are there right outside these doors? How many others? I was working hospice. There was a lady that lived two miles from me. Two. In her mid-60s. She's dying of uh, COPD. I go to see her. I'm visiting with her. I'm asking if she's ready to meet the Lord. I, I say, well, ma'am, do you have Jesus living in your heart? She looks at me just as serious as she could be. She said, who Jesus? I said, oh, Jesus, you know, the Son of God. He came to earth. He, he died on a cross. The Son of God came to earth? He, he, did, he died where? He French, she lived two miles from me. In Seminole, Oklahoma, she had never heard about Jesus. But it's really good news. I mean, I said, yeah, baby, the Son of God loved you so much. He left heaven. He came to earth. You were born a sinner, and there was not one dang thing you could do about it, but he took your sins, and he took your place. Somebody had to pay for those sins because God's a just God, but God took your sins on himself, and when he died on the cross, he paid for those sins. Now all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. I believe in you, Jesus. I want you to come in my heart. I want you to be my Savior. I want to make you the Lord of my life. That's all. I said, would you like me to pray with you? Let's ask Jesus into your heart. Of course I want you to pray with me. I want to go to heaven. I want to know this man named Jesus. It's good news. She gave her heart to Jesus that day. Yeah. Woo. Incredible. I go back three days later to the same house. Her daughter's there. 
she, the daughter opens the door and greets me. Hey, pastor, whatever you did with my mom, like where your sins get forgiven, you, 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 you become made new, you get to go to heaven. Whatever you did with her, would you do that with me today? It's good news. It's not a hard sell. His love can change everything. He can take the most hopeless of situations and he can heal it and he can use it for your good and he can revolutionize it. There's nothing or no one else that can even come close to loving you the way that he loves you. You will never find the kind of joy, purpose, fulfillment, satisfaction that you find in following after Jesus. It is not a hard sell. It's really good. The problem with church today and people not wanting to come is that they've been to church. That's the problem. We've given them a list of rules and regulations, of legalism, of religion, of death. And nowhere on that list is anything about fun or joy or peace or abundant life. Just this terrible list of what you can't do. And if you do, he's going to be mad at you. My God, who would want to sign up for that? The Jesus I serve has given me the most amazing life that I could have ever dreamt of. The Jesus I serve has given me every blessing that I have in my life. The Jesus I serve gives me grace and mercy when these feet hit the floor every single morning. He's given me more joy and fulfillment and peace and life and satisfaction than I could have ever imagined. He's allowed me to live in an incredible adventure of a life that's just getting started. I'm telling you, I love this guy named Jesus, and I hope you do too. And if you don't feel that way about Jesus, I'm not sure that you know the same Jesus that I know this morning. But if you do know that same Jesus, friends, you need to tell somebody about Jesus. How are they going to call on him if they don't believe? How are they going to believe if they don't know him? How are they going to know him if somebody never tells them? My charge to every person in this room this week, I promise you, You've grown up in this Christianized society that's not very Christian anymore, if you haven't noticed. I promise you, there are people that you work with every day, go to school with every day, people that you interact with every day that you just assume. Just, ah, I don't need to tell that. Tell somebody about Jesus this week. Be the answer to somebody's prayer. That hopeless situation, maybe God puts you right in the middle of it for a reason. And you might feel like you only have a little cane pole this morning. Friends, there's fish that you got to catch. Fish you got to catch. We got to catch every single fish. That's our goal here at the King's House. Would you bow your heads this morning? Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I thank you that you gave your life for us, that you did take our place on that cross, that you paid for our sins, and because of your death, your burial, your resurrection, God, we have this eternal hope and joy and peace and life, and not just life, but life more abundantly. God, I am so incredibly thankful for it. And I just want to know if there's anybody here today, there may not be, but I got to at least check because it's the best thing that ever happened to me. And I just need to know, if there anybody here today 
says, Mark, I've never met this Jesus that you're talking about, but I would surely love to meet him today. If you're here today and you don't know if you've ever made Jesus the Lord and the Savior of your life, right now, with no one looking around, with no one painting, would you just raise your hand right now? I see that hand. Somebody else, I, I see that hand. Come on. Yeah, I see that hand. Anybody else, slip that hand up. I want to say yes to Jesus this morning. Hey, King's House, would you just reach out and, and grab the, the shoulder or the hand of the person next to you, if you would. Let's just link up around this building. With every head bowed and eye closed, would you just pray with me? Say, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe you are the only way to heaven. I need you to be my Savior. From this day forward, I'm giving you my whole life. I'm ready to follow. In Jesus' name, everybody say it. Hey, somebody give God some praise. Three people just said yes to Jesus this morning. King's House, I love you so much. Don't walk out these doors and forget what the Lord said this morning. Go tell somebody be, about Jesus. Be the answer to somebody this week. Hey, we'll have some details coming about what we're going to do this week as a surf project. So be checking them phones. I love you, King's House. Have a great week. God bless you. Thanks for joining our podcast today. If you are ever in need of prayer or wish to speak to a pastor, please email us at info at thekingshouse.church. And if you would like to give towards the ministry of the King's House, you can do so by visiting our website, thekingshouse.church slash giving. Or you can text any dollar amount to the number 84321 and simply respond to the prompt sent back to you. If you're ever around the area and want to visit, we meet every week at 124 V. Huber Smith Drive in McAllister, Oklahoma. You can even plan your visit ahead of time where you can reserve your seat, your parking spot, and even pre-check in your kids before arriving on the Sunday of your choice. Just fill out the quick form at thekingshouse.church slash plan your visit. Hey, we know life is busy, so be sure to click that subscribe button so you can catch all our latest messages, and we look forward to seeing you soon.